الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هل يستوي الذين يعلمون والذين لا يعلمون انما يتذكر اولو الالباب صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters Allah tabarak wa ta'ala has given great virtue great status and position to those who acquire the knowledge of deen and those who get the greater understanding of the Quran and the Sunnah and Allah Ta'ala speaks about this in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says قُلْ هَلْ يَسْتَوِي الَّذِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Can those who know, who have knowledge can they and those who do not have the knowledge can they be equal? No, they can't be equal إِنَّمَا يَتَذَكَّرُ أُولُو الْأَلْبَابِ those who are intelligent, they understand and then they take a lesson from this that those who have knowledge have a higher position, higher status compared to those who do not. Now the higher position and the higher status is on the basis of knowledge. Allah Ta'ala displayed this to the malaika as well. Right at the beginning when Allah Ta'ala had created Adam Salam. And the malaika even objected. That are you going to objected? Not in the sense that objected against Allah Taala. That how can you do something like this? But they presented their question. That we don't understand this. That are you going to create somebody? That such a creation like insan, they're going to commit mischief on the earth and cause bloodshed because insan they notice this is what's going to be the nature of human beings so Allah Ta'ala then created Adam والسلام, and Allah Ta'ala gave him the knowledge of various things and the names of the various things and then Allah Ta'ala asked the malaika you name these things what are these things they said we don't know and then Allah Ta'ala asked Adam Salam, you mentioned it, he gave it. So in this manner Allah Ta'ala displayed to the malaika that Adam Salam has become superior to you on the basis of the knowledge that he has been granted. It's a gift from Allah Ta'ala, but Adam Salam became superior to you on the basis of the knowledge. So knowledge has a very great virtue, very great fazilat. It brings great status and position in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. But together with knowledge comes responsibility. Now, the ayat that we discussed, هَلْ يَسْتَوِي الَّذِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Can those who have knowledge be equal to those who are without knowledge? No, they cannot be. This is the lesson that we have to now imbibe in our hearts, that we have to take, 
that those whom Allah Ta'ala has favored with learning deen, to whatever extent, somebody might be of a even more deeper extent, somebody of a lesser extent, but above the average person, you have been given the opportunity to learn deen, learn many details of deen. So you are not equal to those who don't have the knowledge, but then we have to now adopt the higher path compared to others in terms of everything of our life. Many a times, this is the statement that is made, that uh, others are doing it, so we can do it. Others are dressing in this manner, so we can dress also. They are also Muslims. They are not Billah kafirs. They are also Muslims. And they are also doing it. They are also dressing in this manner, so I can dress like this. Everybody is wearing jeans, so I can wear jeans also. And everybody is wearing some other kind of immoral dressing, so I can do it also. What's, what's the difference? Uh, everybody is on the BBM and on the chat lines and on the WhatsApp and whatever else goes along with it. So if they are on it, so I can be on it also. What's the difference between me and them? And in this way, various other things. Others are going to some phase, so I can go. Others are doing this, I can do it. There's no difference. There is a difference. Allah Ta'ala is saying there is a difference. Allah Ta'ala is saying you have been given knowledge. So you have to adopt a far more cautious manner in everything. And you cannot just say that, well, others are doing it, I am doing it. If others can do it, then I can do it. You have to be adopting a far more superior level. If you look in the lives of our Akabir, then you will find that this is the manner that they adopted. And some of the Akabir were very, very cautious in this regard. There was one very great Buzrug who was the uh, he was in charge of the madrasa, he was either the principal or he was on some position in Saharanpur in India in those days so he had gone to do some collection for the madrasa and something happened that money got stolen so when that money got stolen he came home and he took out all his furniture all his belongings, whatever furniture, meaning the simple things that he had, whatever household goods he had, which wasn't essential, he took it out and he was now ready to sell it off. So somebody came and informed Hazrat Mala Rashid Ahmad Gangoi that this is what has happened. It was totally beyond his control. He had made all the arrangements to keep the money safeguarded. He took all the precautions, but despite that it got stolen, so is he liable or not? So he wrote the fatwa that he is not liable. This is something beyond his control. It was an amanat and something that way he has taken the necessary precautions, he is not liable. That is the fatwa. So he sent this fatwa. The people brought this fatwa and gave it to this alim. I can't remember the name now. And they told him that this is the fatwa. You are not liable. Why are you now selling off all your goods? He meant to sell off all his goods and the money that he would get out of selling all his own household goods, he will repay this money that got stolen. So this was his intention. 
So now the people were concerned about this, that he's going to sell off all his personal items, and he's going to be in difficulty, because as it is, they live very, very basic and simple lives. So they brought this fatwa and came, and they gave it to him, that Hazrat Gangoi Rahmatullah is the faqih of the time, he's among the greatest of the ulama of the time, and there's his fatwa, that you are not liable. So now you take all your goods back, don't sell it off, it's not required of you to do this. He replied and said, that you go and ask Maulana Gangoi, that if he was in my predicament and in my situation, what would he have done? Would he have now taken this fatwa and said he's not liable? Go and ask him. And the people also knew full well, and he also knew full well, that if Hazrat Gangoi Rahmatullah had to be in such a situation where the madrasa, something got lost or was stolen despite all the precautions being taken, and the fatwa is that he's not liable, but he would have made good whatever the amount is from his own personal wealth. Now he knew about it, that this is what Hazrat Gangoi would have done, and the people knew about it also. So he told him, go and ask him what he would have done. Don't bring this fatwa. Is this fatwa only? He, he learned all this knowledge only to give me this fatwa that I'm not liable. He didn't want to take any advice on this, uh, in this regard. He said, that is it. I am going to sell off all my goods and I am going to put this money back into the madrasa. Now, what was this? This was adopting that higher level. The fatwa was he is not responsible. The fatwa was that he is not responsible. But he took it upon himself that I have been blessed with the knowledge of deen, so I need to take the more cautious route. What is the fatwa is in his place. But I need to adopt the higher example. I need to be more cautious in my conduct, in my dealings, and not just look for fatwa everywhere, that what is permissible, but that's it. Now, Whereas if he took the permissible route, and he took the fatwa, he was fine, he was totally okay. But he was setting an example. This was just something coincidentally in the issue of the Madesa goods. But setting the example that to what extent they took the path of caution. That Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with knowledge. Now we have to take the path of caution. We can't just be cutting corners. Forget taking the path of fatwa. We nowadays even cut corners. When it comes to dressing, now we want to cut corners. And... Uh, we say, but what is wrong? The problem, and I have mentioned this on many, many occasions, and again this is coming by the way, that this thing comes on our tongue. What is wrong? What is wrong? The problem is, as the level of hayat decreases, then the previous level of hayat, when that has decreased, then the concept of right and wrong also diminishes. And what yesterday we also had considered to be wrong, if somebody else did it, yesterday meaning in the past, if somebody else did the same thing that we are now doing, we would have been a little bit taken aback. That how can this person wear this kind of clothes? 25 years ago, most people would have been aghast. 25 or maybe a little bit more, maybe, maybe 35 years ago, most people would have been shocked at the type of dressing that is adopted today if it was adopted by somebody, say one person, one person suddenly walked in a gathering, in a wedding, dressed in some particular manner which everybody is aware of, then 35 years ago, maybe 99% of that gathering would have been shocked. 
and they would have been uh, totally sh- shocked and disgusted. How can this, in a nikah, this is a, such a Mubarak occasion that there's a nikah, and this girl comes dressed like this, with all her hair open, and this kind of tight-fitting clothes, and now, 35 years ago, 99% of the gathering would have been totally shocked. Nowadays, maybe 5% of the gathering would be shocked, and uh, 75% of the gathering will carry on like nothing's happening, though they might not be dressed like that. I'll carry on, well, this is it now, nowadays everything is fine. Uh, some people dress like this, and the other 20% would not even be thinking of it as wrong because they themselves are all dressed like that. Now, what has happened? The concept of right and wrong has been distorted. And now, because this has becomes the norm, person say, what's wrong? Uh, others are dressing so terribly, I'm, I'm fine, I'm very good. But 30 years ago, 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, that what I'm very good was bad. Now that has become good. Hazrat Huzaifa bin Yaman, he says one of the signs that a person has become trapped in fitna. We have been warned a lot about fitna in the Quran Sharif, in the Ahadith. One of the signs that a person has become trapped in fitna, it is something that a person regarded as impermissible previously. Now suddenly the person regards as permissible. Obviously, it was impermissible then, and everybody understood it to be impermissible. Now suddenly it becomes the norm. Everybody is fine with it. Before photographs, everybody understood it's impermissible. Now suddenly photographs, many take it just as by the way, fine. Pictures are hung all over the place also. It's not an issue. The thing is just one of those things. This is a sign of fitna. This is a sign that fitna has fallen on us. We have become gripped by fitna. So, the issue was that it is not what is wrong in our minds. What is wrong in terms of shariat? What is wrong in terms of sunnat? In terms of the haya that deen has taught? Not in our concept, in our perception. Go to look through the eyes of shariat and deen. Through the haya that Allah Ta'ala has given us in the Quran Sharif and Nabi Islam has taught through those eyes of haya we have to look then we will see what what is wrong and how terribly it is wrong so in any case we drifted a bit the point was that we who have been blessed with this opportunity to learn deen it is our responsibility it is not something that just by the way it is our responsibility that we have to adopt the path of caution and give the proper example to those who have not had this opportunity to learn deen. Just to give you one little example of how the wrong trend is set, and how those who have little children also, who have been trained in the correct way, how even they pick this up. Now, this example is not something that's probably easy for me to discuss, but just to open our minds to these realities. One person came to tell me that at his home there was some whatever function or some gathering or program or whatever. So many of the family and others stayed the night over in that house. Only the women folk were in that house. No men were there. And just the women were in that home. The females were there. And they stayed overnight. 
So now when they stayed overnight, now there's only females there, there's no males of... So Alhamdulillah that was something that was in place. But now at bedtime, everybody started wearing their bedtime clothes. Now this... That more than a dozen people, maybe 15, 20 people there in the home, all relatives and whoever. And now all the young people also started wearing their bedtime clothes. Now the daughter, the young daughter of the house, who's four years old or five years old, now this person is giving me this, this is his daughter's issue now. So now he's, he's wanting to know now that should in future, this is where this issue came up from, in future should he even entertain such a situation where people are allowed to stay overnight in his house. Now he's asking this question in desperation. Now he says his little daughter, five years old or four years old, who was trained in a certain manner, with a certain mindset, she is asking her mother innocently, and in the presence of all these people, that why are all these people wearing haram clothes? Why are all these people wearing haram clothes? Now they are being... Now they are dressing in a certain way now, it's, well they are saying it's all indoors, there is no men here, so they can wear certain kind of garments because it's bedtime. But this little girl who has been trained in a certain way, she is looking already through the eyes of natural haya and the haya that deen has taught, which the parents have been emphasizing upon her. Now she is looking at what's going on and a child speaks without any restriction. The child, many children, they speak their mind out and sometimes they embarrass even their parents because they speak the reality. They speak the truth. And sometimes they speak the bitter truth. So, she's asking her mother in front of the guests and others that why are all these people wearing haram clothes? Now the mother is in a dilemma. How does she answer in the presence of everybody? And at the same time, how can she now say that no one is fine because she's going to... Uh, She's going to corrupt the child's mind in terms of what is the correct procedure of things, what is the correct type of clothing to wear. But then, all those people who are wearing it, what is wrong? There's nothing wrong. But is there something for like haya for Allah Ta'ala also? Is there something like haya in between people also? There's haya for the malaika as well. And this is a kind of context where this is totally out of place. So, in any case, the point here is that we were talking, we drifted from this note that those who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with knowledge, they have to adopt the path of caution. They cannot cut corners. They cannot just take things for granted. They have to adopt that level which gives an example to others. They will have to sacrifice some of the Akabir state that we gave up four fifths of haram, uh, four fifths of halal. In other words, halal, if we divide it into five portions, we gave up even four fifths of that just to stay away from haram and to keep others away from haram. That sometimes a person is doing something which is correct in itself, but it becomes the doorway to something that is haram, it becomes the doorway to something that is incorrect. So a person who Allah Ta'ala is blessed with knowledge, they'll have to stay away from this also. This is halal in itself. But if it's going to become the doorway to something that is impermissible, they are going to have to restrict themselves so that others don't get on. Now they are on the border, 
Others will come on the border, they don't have knowledge at all, they'll slip immediately into haram from there. They'll slip into makru acts and from makru to haram. So now somebody is listening to nasheeds and those nasheeds have some kind of uh, very, some kind of echoes in the back. Now those echoes itself might be a doubtful thing. But now somebody else says, well this person is listening to this, they are listening something with drums in the background. Then they get into something with music in the background. See, well, it's all looking very similar. It's all almost the same. The dividing line, we can't even make out where it is. So it's fine. Uh, somebody is uh, doing one thing, which is a borderline case. Another person sees it and gets directly into haram. So this is the lesson that we have to adopt. We are in a madrasa. We are learning deen. We can't be just one of the crowd. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with virtue, with position, with status, with greater honor, with respect. We have to live up to this. We have to provide the example to others, those at home, those in the extended family, and in among our colleagues, our friends. We have to provide the example. And people will see us providing the example, they'll come closer to deen. They'll come closer to the sunnat. They'll come closer to shariat. And this is what we see in the lives of our kabir, the lives of the sahaba kiram, the lives of our kabir, that they always showed the path of caution. Abu Bakr he is paid, given something by his slave. He's eaten it. It's already gone in his stomach. Now only after a while, that slave says, well, this was actually from the earnings of soothsaying. I was fortune telling for people. And I didn't even know what I was doing to in the times of Jahiliyat. And now they paid me now. So he gives it to the master, Abu Bakr He's already eaten it. Now that he's already gone in his stomach, he didn't know. He expected that it is fine because a slave was a Muslim now. So he had already eaten it. He was not obliged to now try to spew it out. But the path of taqwa, the path of caution. He drinks water and drinks more water and tries to force it out until that morsel comes out and he spews it out. Now, what was he teaching us? He's teaching us that you cannot always say that this is fine and that is fine and uh, everybody's doing it. No, there's something called taqwa. There's something called caution. And we may not have the highest level, but this is also wrong. That we say, well, I don't have that level of taqwa, so everything is fine for me. Whatever is fatwa is fine. Whatever is fatwa is fine. But when we adopt that attitude, then we will start slowly cutting corners in the fatwa also. And then we will start giving leeway to things which are not permissible at all. So we need to adopt this path of caution. We are the ones who need to set the example. In what are we going to set the example? There are certain things that are always around us, things that are around us all the time. Our dressing, this is applicable to us all the time. One is madrasa days, then comes the weekends, comes the holidays, comes after hours, functions. What example are we going to set? Nowadays, many a person comes up with this, that they hosted a function somewhere, and they invited the whole extended family, and half of the uh, people that were there, or maybe less than half, they couldn't even themselves say, are these people Muslims or not? 
from the way they were dressed are these people Muslims or not now they also if you tell them they'll say what's wrong now we were just you know among the ladies only they also say the same thing what's wrong whereas this is something which has totally gone far away from deen the type of dressing that people are adopting the type of culture that they are adopting the type of lifestyle they are adopting and everybody has the same thing well it's not too bad so what is too bad this is not too bad and it's a little okay it's fine there's all shaitan's ways of deceiving us to get us involved in wrong things to get us involved in haram to get us involved in things that are behayai things that are totally without shame the haya haya is what Hazrat Fatima taught us can we imagine the level of haya and this was something deep down in her heart this was something that was part of her system it was something that uh, she was totally immersed in and therefore when Rasulullah asked her asked the question what is the best thing for a woman she gave that answer which Nabi Salaam was overjoyed with that the best thing for a woman is that she is not seen by any man who is not a mahram and she does not see any mah- non-mahram and Nabi Salaam was thrilled with this answer and he said Fatima is from me and therefore she is given this answer so what is this she is teaching us she is teaching us this haya she is teaching us this what is deen all about and when she is about to pass away she is concerned about the same thing that how can this parda be maintained even after death nowadays it has become restricted to after death in many cases where only after the female has passed away now the parda is taken care of when the janaza is carried at the graveside the sheet is covered so only now the parda has become generally in many many cases only something for after death and while living then there is no such thing as parda and in some cases alhamdulillah this too is something to make shukar upon that the external form of parda has come the niqab has come alhamdulillah this too is shukar but the concept of parda what parda is all about that we are still far away from and we are not making attempts to keep improving yes we are weak we have our weaknesses but what attempts are we making to improve to move forward what steps are we taking to get one inch closer towards the reality towards the true concept of parda so this is the thing that we have to now start becoming conscious of and we have to lead the way as we started off on this point that that those who know and those who don't know are not equal both are worlds apart now those who know are going to be the ones who have to become the example they will have to show the way they will have to take the lead and for this some sacrifices are required we will have to make some sacrifices we can't expect that uh, we will be one of the crowd and will still show the right example we will have to become the example by making some sacrifices and sometimes some sacrifice of what is permissible but when we will sacrifice some permissible borderline things others will then come away from haram and they'll come into the borderline things they'll leave haram and they'll come onto the borderline when we'll move further forward then they'll come away from the border they'll come further in 
Because being on the border is very dangerous. In the hadith, Nabi Islam says that Al-Halal that Allah wa inna likulli malikin himan, Allah wa inna himallahi maharimuhu. That every king has a royal pasture, and the royal pasture of Allah Ta'ala are the things that he has made haram. Nobody is allowed to come and graze in the royal pasture. It's forbidden. You mustn't come here. So whatever Allah Ta'ala has made haram is like the royal pasture. But Nabi Islam says that Mayyara hawla al-hima yushiku ayyarta'afi. That the person who is on the border, who takes his animals on the border of the royal pasture, those animals will go and make their way into the royal pasture. And they'll start grazing there. And then they'll be in big trouble. The shepherd will be in big trouble. He might even get uh, punished by the king. Because why did you come close to the border that now your animals went away inside? So this nafs is also an animal. And if this nafs is left on the border, it will keep sneaking into the royal pasture, into haram. First into makruh, and then into haram. And he'll say, well, you can't be too hard in this time and age. Otherwise, you know, you'll get become insane, nausbillah. Allah Ta'ala made the commands for all times, till qiyamat. Allah Ta'ala knew what is the condition one thousand years ago, and what will be the conditions from now, one thousand years later. Allah Ta'ala knew everything, and Allah Ta'ala has knowledge of every little bit, and every uh, minutest atom, Allah Ta'ala has full knowledge of it, and in the light of the unlimited knowledge of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala has made His commands, His shariat, His deen. Allah Ta'ala is not uh, unaware of what the conditions are today, or what it will be one million years from now. So Allah Ta'ala has created the system of life for us, which is for all times, the pure deen. And those who have knowledge have to lead the way. They are not equal to those without knowledge. They have to show the example. They have to take the higher route. They have to be the ones who will make the sacrifices, who will adopt the path of caution. And when they will make these little sacrifices in this world, Allah Ta'ala will grant them that happiness, that peace, that tranquility in this world. In those sacrifices they make, they will get that happiness. Allah Ta'ala will open their hearts out, that joy. There are people from time to time who come or who consult some of the ulama, the mashayikh, etc., and they go and give their sad stories of what a kind of miserable life they are leading and they don't think they can manage carrying on like this but then when they are guided and they are given the path of deen and to build the taluk and the connection with Allah Ta'ala then they go back and they say that Alhamdulillah I have now gained that peace in my life that I was desiring and I thought I would get it by getting into fashions and getting into uh, the various things of the dunya and trying to entertain myself with all the haram entertainment and getting up onto all the mischief on with technology, with the phones and whatever else but all that only increased the misery it only increased the problems and the difficulties but now alhamdulillah I have peace now I have contentment now I have that tranquility, that happiness so this tranquility and happiness will come when we follow the path of deen, for that we will have to make some sacrifices. We need to start looking in terms of our clothing, in terms of where we go. Everybody is going somewhere, doesn't make it right for us. Where we go, what we do, what we speak, how we conduct ourselves. But we will provide the example, others will follow, we will get the sawab of all those who will follow. We do it solely for Allah Ta'ala's sake. But others will follow, 
we will be gone into our qabars. They followed, then they taught it to others, they taught it to their children, their children taught it to their children. We are gone in our qabar, we will be reaping the rewards of it. So this is a wholesale business. And let us not let this business go away from our hands. We see some small investment, something where we can make some money, everybody wants to grab at it. This is the wholesale business of the akhirat. And we need to grab at it with both hands. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this opportunity. So for this what is required is, first and foremost, that while we are in the madrasa, we dedicate ourselves to acquiring the knowledge. We dedicate ourselves to learning correctly what is deen. And to gaining the spirit of deen. One is the words, the spirit of deen, the ruh, the nur of ilm. We have discussed this on many occasions, how this will come by maintaining the adab, adab from our hearts, for everything, for our teachers, for our kitabs, for the madrasa, by fulfilling all the requirements of deen, our salah on time, staying away from sin. Then this nur of ilm will develop. And then we will have that superior position and status. Then it will become easy for us to lead the way also, to set the example for others. Then we will not become followers like sheep for any wrong thing that somebody is doing. We will be able to discern what is correct, what is incorrect. We will then provide the lead for others. So this is the message and the lesson for today. That, قُلْ هَلْ يَسْتَوِي الَّذِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Those who have knowledge are not equal to those who do not have knowledge. But with this superior position and status comes responsibility. We have to guide, we have to show the way, we have to take the lead, and inshallah Allah Ta'ala will bless us tremendously in this dunya and in the akhirat as well. Bi Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me and all of us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين